Hey there, welcome to New Light Sports, January 4th, 2018. I'm Andrew Oster, we're back at it, episode 2. Took a week off for the holidays from last week's episode, but you're not even going to notice it because it's not on the internet yet. So I haven't quite figured that out. Again, this is new, still speaking through my phone, not sort of any fancy setup here. Just a mind, a heart, a phone and some research and a love of sports and a willingness and wantingness to bring new light into this world. So thanks for joining us. Again, reach out, be interactive. Contact us at newlightsports at gmail.com. We're going to have a website up running soon. It's going to be good. Get in now. Get in early. Come in for the ride. Be one of the first stops as, as light bus takes. Today's episode is a topic as soon as I started researching, I dove into it and got completely enthralled and enveloped by it. So I think this is going to be a two-part episode. I want to dive into and shine our new light on the history and societal evolution of sports. Now, when you talk about sports, I just say sports, but you know it includes all competitions, games, races, anything you want. But that's what we mean to talk about sports. And when I talk about the evolution of it and the history of it, I'm referring to sports symbology in society, like its relationship to society, how it relates to directly societal values, and in turn, how societal values shape sports and vice versa. So it's a, it's a really big topic. I'm sure I'm going to miss so much. All you history nerds out there, please correct me if I'm wrong, bring some new info to the table, but trust me, there will be mistakes here. But I'm coming at it from this new light. So let's keep space for that. And let's just let's plow right ahead. Let's do this. This is cool. So the first thing that came to mind was how sports mirror our worldviews and our values. And any society has worldviews and values, and their sports and competitions mirror that. In the past, societal values were, they were brutal. They have very strict religious values. They were into religion, ceremony. They were into battle, the wars. They were into division. Life was harsh, and their old sports reflected this. In modern times, our societal values have changed a bit. We've come a, a little bit of ways you know, in, in five, six thousand, eight thousand years as a society. Nowadays, our societal worldview that our sports reflect are that money and intelligence shall be more successful, that instead of brutal battle, we now have more of a smart battle, like strategy, behind the scenes, who can outwit, outsmart somebody. And strength has been overshadowed by now looks and materialism. Athletes want to look good. They still want to look the strongest, but if you can look good and be intimidating while being strong, that's overtaking it. That's just reflects the societal value we have in more materialism. And what the future may look like, well, let's get back to that. 
join me later with that. Let's 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 settle into the past and the now. The oldest sports in our modern society and our modern civilization are wrestling, which dates back to about 6000 BC, some say as old as 100,000 BC, and the ancient Mesoamerican Aztec game of Ulama. Ulama is that game where they had the the hard stone rubber balls and you know you got to beat them with their hips into the the hoops on the side. It was a brutal game. Those balls weighed about nine pounds. They were made of stone. And everybody got so bruised and battered that people died playing that game. It reflects just how brutal society was then. But it also was a very ceremonial game. It reflected the Mesoamerican values and their religion of worshiping the sun. You know, during big religious festivals, One team would dress in black and the other team would dress in white and they would represent the dark versus the light. And it was supposed to give some divine guidance on the coming year. And the winner of that battle of this game was sacrificed. It was either the winner or the loser. Somebody was sacrificed. That that I know for sure. I think that I've read different accounts and heard different accounts. There's not a lot of good records on this old these old games. They didn't keep box score. It wasn't like TikTok was the leading scorer, you know, for the dark side in one season before he was forced to retire or be sacrificed. But the ancient game Ulama does reflect the societal values of the time. Now, as the years go on and our society evolves and the ages and eons pass, sports becomes a substitute for, for war drama. You replace the drama of war with an entertainment drama. As empires war and then settle, they're all built up on war so much that they're addicted to it. So sports come in as the entertainment replacement for war. It's kind of like a live role-playing war theater drama. So sports takes on this new role as the entertainment or the drama center of the day. Back then, they, it was drama, but with huge physical consequences. But that reflected society's demands because it was a super physical world they lived in. Now, these old societies, and we still are to this day, very masculine-dominated energy. So that's where these addiction to wars and this addiction to this physical, brutal drama comes from. It was a masculine-dominated society, so it's sports reflected that, those values. The ulama was a brutal sport. Wrestling. Man, man on man, mano a mano. That's where that phrase comes from. That's wrestling. That's old, brutal man strength. There's still a self-expression there. Now the athletes or the competitors or slaves or whatever playing these games were still expressing themselves in these, whether they're religious ceremonies of ulama, the ancient rites of wrestling, or maybe the more Roman games of gladiating or whatever. They were still expressing themselves through these sports, but the sports just reflected the physical society, phys- or the, the physical expression of societal values. You know, last episode we talked about sports as self-expression of the will and of the spirit, and that still is true. Now today, wars still wage in the world, but our societal values have changed. Brute strength is no longer the primary success factor that one would attain for empires. 
today money and economic factors are our primary success and prosper metrics that we use. So the live theater war drama that our ancient forefathers were used to has been replaced by our society's demands that money and intelligence and skill lead to more success than brute strength or who's better at war. Not to say that the war aspect is gone at all. There's still certain sports and certain aspects of sports where very still much rooted in war drama is that societal values of less brutal war, but more economic and social factors of who prosper wins. I mean, even wars these days, they're economic in nature. It's all about cutting off supply lines, depleting resources, making your opponent unable to wage war through economic factors rather than just through brute strength, smashing, Braveheart style, lining up 2,000 on either side of a valley and rushing in and crashing into each other and see who comes out. You know, in American football, it's still very much battle-based, though. I think somebody wrote a great book. It might have been, I need to research that. Might have been Sal Palantonio, but it was about how football is really a game that mirrors trench warfare and how football came to rise in the early 20th century, soon after World War I, um, because football is all about American football, about taking ground from the opponent, getting into your opponent's territory under strict rules of engagement. But in today's game, the teams that are more intelligent usually succeed more because that's the way the game is played and that's the way the league and the sport values those attributes. In baseball, teams willing to spend the most money to acquire the most skilled players usually end up winning the most. Now, the same as English and Euro soccer leagues, Euro football, there's no salary cap in these leagues. Like in baseball and in the European soccer leagues, no salary cap. There could be to make things more competitive and make things more intriguing on the player acquisition front, but the no salary cap mirrors our societal value of capitalism, unrestricted financial markets, and unencumbered wealth wins. Not the bigger army wins, but the bigger bank account wins. Now, they could institute a salary cap, but they don't. Now, in today, too, you know, leagues and sports, they change their rules all the time to reflect these societal values. Today, in sports, you talk about player safety all the time. Player safety this, changing rules, multiple rules every offseason, it feels like, in every different sport under the guise of player safety. That translates that they just want a less brutal sport. We're not in the old days when a leg would get lopped off in the gladiator pit and, you know, you had to retire. That we, our society demands less brutality, but they still want the sport. So the rules reflect that. So this is how the leagues and the sports, they can quickly mirror societal values just by changing the rules of the game. And in football, they change the rules of engagement. It's less defense now and more offense. Now that's, and that's in all sports. And you could say it goes to television viewership or interest and scoring gets more viewers and more people interested. I think it goes a little deeper in societies, into our society's values that we want less restrictions, especially in sports where you want more offense, you want more free-flowing action. 
You want less restriction. We want to be more free-flowing. And that reflects our financial institutions and our way of life. We want more mobility these days. We want more prosperity. We want more unencumbered financial transactions. We want less financial rules. So you have less restrictions on offense. Another thing that's reflected today that is a big departure from the past is less religion in sports. Much, much, much less religion. Only a couple Muslim players change their names is it noteworthy, but if you really think about it, religion has been taken out of most all sports. Now there's still ceremony in certain sports, but the the religious ceremony has been taken out. Where in the olden times, Ulama, that Mesoamerican Aztec Mayan game, that game was all about the ceremony and the divination means ways to divine what might happen to the crops or that year or whether the snake god favors you and again i trust me i'm claiming ignorance on a lot of this stuff so i'm co- i'm trying to cover like 8000 years of history here with a limited historical knowledge so please dive in this conversation newlightsports at gmail.com and correct me and we'll have a fun time with the where andrew went wrong segment but there's something here like we have less religion even The original Olympic Games, the original ones in Greece, they were a tribute to the gods. They met on Mount Olympus, that's why they're called the Olympic Games, and they were a tribute to Zeus and the original gods. There's not much more ceremony than attributing your whole realm of competitions to the gods. Can't think of any sports that do that these days. Some surfers do. I'm trying to think. Some surfers do. The Hawaiians and the Polynesians, they still bring their ceremony and and rituals and rites and honoring more nature to bless them, bless the waves. But in really most all major sports played around the world, cricket, rugby, tennis, soccer, football, basketball, the religion has been taken out. And it actually, it's not even encouraged. It's kind of squelched. So that's another big departure. Another value that today that society did not reflect even as much as 50 years ago 60 years ago, whatever year it is, society today wants more diversity. That was not the case yet as much as 60 years ago. It was here in America, we had the civil rights movement. Today, you have the NBA, which has gone hugely international, which is why it's so successful and only going to be more successful because it's setting itself up as a world game, a world game from an American export. It's one of the few games that actually you know, was invented here in America. The NBA has gone more international with more diversity. Now, a quarter of, of every draft, a quarter of them are international. 25% goes to show you right there the diversity that they're bringing in. Baseball's diversity, way so many more Latin American players. And you speak about baseball's diversity and their meaning to society. This is where sports and societal values, when they change, they overlap where you can have sports as the catalyst for societal change. Think of Jackie Robinson and and the Negro League players crossing the color line during the segregation era, the civil rights days. Think of in a country of India, as diverse as a country as India, with so many languages and religions practiced there, where cricket is the unifying factor over there. No matter what differences you may have, when they're on the cricket pitch, They're all one. So sports diversity and its inclusion these days marks one of societal's values of 
being more open to international competition, being op more open to diversity, color, gender. There's still not a lot of gender crossing, but like between sports, like women playing men's sports. You see it a couple times in golf. It's happened a few times. But now women have their, it's more set up. They have their own leagues, their own sports, which reflect their own values, actually. You know, the women's basketball and men's basketball, they're two pretty, pretty different games, actually. The way the men play it and the way the women play it is very different. And that's fine. It, it's the same sport, but they just have different rules and they have different values that they bring because uh, there's obviously differences there. So we have this diversity of rules, even in between games, in the, in the same sport, I mean, to provide access to a diverse group of people. Yeah, I, I said that really weird, but if you're still following me, congratulations. Well, we have all these societal values changing, and our history as a species has evolved from brutal, fearful, religious people and poor people, mostly, to now we have more diversity, we have more economic freedom, we have more opportunities, a little less brutal, a little more science, a little more medicine involved, hence athletes get better treatment. We treat injuries much better. There's so many more rules for medical injuries and rules for how players can get back. So sports evolve with societies. Now, in the future, what is this all going to look like? Well, I ask you to join me on next episode of New Light Sports as we dive into what the future possibilities of what society and its sports reflections will look like. That's going to be a fun one. And honestly, I could have talked about this for so much longer, but I just wanted to cover the bases here and get the basic background. There's so many more instances and examples of just that sports is this mirror for our societal spiritual values. And you may not call it spiritual, but it is because it's our moral values of what we honor most in ourselves moving forward. This is the new light that we're going to look at as stuff. What new light do you want to see? What new light is being brought into sports right now that is the leading edge of societal change? Much like Jackie Robinson was the leading edge for diversity, much like Annika Sornstam, the leading edge of light for women crossover into golf. So join me next week on episode two, where we will dive into the future. But right now, we got to do one of our reoccurring weekly segments. And this week, we're going to do another Signs of Light. Signs of Light. Signs of Light. Everywhere you look, you see Signs of Light. This week's Sign of Light comes from the National Football League. It's the most popular sport in America. It has so much coverage on it. A lot of the stories are going to come out of the National Football League. This week's Sign of Light is players' influence and using their stature for good and for charity. They have a good status. They have, draw a lot of attention. And when they use this attention for good, you have charity. The real interesting part comes when you have unexpected charity. That's this week's sign of light, is people feeling so good and spreading more goodwill through unexpected charity. We have two related stories here. The first story comes from the frozen north of America called Buffalo. 
when the Buffalo Bills made it to the playoffs because the Cincinnati Bengals beat the Baltimore Ravens in the last week of the regular season. And Andy Dalton, the Bengals quarterback, who threw the winning touchdown pass to beat the Ravens, he has a charity called the Andy and Jordan Dalton Foundation, which helps raise money for challenged youth and ill children in the greater Cincinnati area. I believe it's in the Cincinnati area. I'm pretty sure it is. So when the Bills got into the playoffs, the Bills players started donating money to his charity as a little thanks, you know, thanks for doing your job and just crushing your opponent, but getting us into the playoffs. Now the fans in Buffalo heard about the players did that the players did this too. So they began to pile into the Dalton's charity. And as of uh, earlier today on January 4th, Bills fans have contributed over $300,000 to the Dalton's charity. That's awesome. Random contribution. They're definitely feeling the holiday spirit. And there's so much giving that they even started giving to charities of the wide receiver who caught the pass. There's such an overflow of love for making the playoffs that they started donating to Tyler Boyd's charities, uh, the wide receiver who caught the ball. And I think he has raised nearly $100,000 through Bill's charitable contributions. That's some good Bill's Mafia karma right there. They're a very good fan base. They, they get it. They're, they're very passionate. So that sign of light is just, it's heartwarming. Sharing good cheer with each other and through charity. So when you, you know, using your fame and status for positive and you set these things up, you never know where the money's going to come in. That's where you got to have faith. You hold the space and you make a portal for something and you have faith that it's going to get filled. It will channel through the necessary funds. You build the bowl, have faith that some good soup will be put into it. Please, I, somebody make that into a fortune cookie. I would love for that to be a fortune cookie. <laughs> some New Light Sports Wisdom fortune cookies. So the second half of this week's sign of light is similar. We stay in the NFL and has to deal with Los Angeles Rams running back Todd Gurley. He had such a great end of the regular season that for many people who play fantasy football, he pretty much won them their leagues. And they probably won a decent amount of money and he was one of the main reasons for it. So again, through social media, through our interconnectedness that we have now, word started going out and people started donating to one of Todd Gurley's charities that he supported, and that was the Shriners Foundation. And so the Shriners Foundation says they've received around $33,000 so far, just in charitable contributions from Todd Gurley fans. And so Mr. Gurley went on social media himself to say like, hey, you know, if you guys want to throw some money out too, support a, a local char charity that's near and dearer to my heart, and that is the Food Bank of Central and Eastern North Carolina. I had to reread that. I had to write that one down. That was hard to remember. And as of, I think as of yesterday, the 3rd of January, uh, the Food Bank says they've received enough charitable contributions to make about 9,000 meals for people in Eastern and Central North Carolina. That's the sign of light. And you are able to have a status and have a position and to set something up like that, you never know when the money to charity is going to come in. You never know when that help is going to come in. 
You never know when that abundance is going to come in. But have faith. That's why you have to set it up and have faith. And those are all great charities. Food banks are some of the best charities. So it's this week's sign of light is in the somewhat seemingly dark, negative world of football. There's still lots of light in there. So this is it for part one of this deeper look into the history and evolution of sports and connection to society. Please join us for episode two. Again, if you're still managed to listen this far, thank you. I want to chat. Hit me up at newlightsports at gmail.com. Until then, be well. Take care of each other. Take care of yourselves. Spread some new light around and look at things in this new light. Look at the history. Look at where you're at. Look at sports that you enjoy. What values do you see in there? And what values would you like to see changed? Let's discuss that next week on New Light Sports. Bye.